Welcome to the Rock Hill Dream Center Church, where we have a vision to see communities transformed by the gospel as we love, serve, share, and send. Thank you for joining us. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm going to go right into prayer, and we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to ask the Spirit of God to take over right now, okay? Father, we come to you. Holy Spirit, you are the great counselor. You're our guide and our director. You not only empower us and give us strength, but Lord, you hold us back to keep us from danger. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, for sending the Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for making a way and interceding on our behalf. We love you so much, Father. We give this time right now to you. Spirit, bind my tongue if anything tries to come out of my mouth that's not from you. But give me strength and power to teach boldly. In the name of Jesus Christ, we love you. Father, we thank you for all of these things. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to talk today about having a safe home. And, and I kind of got to define that a little bit because, you know, all homes, um, you know, growing up, man, who had a safe home if you got kids in the yard? You know, it's like, where are you going with those bottle rockets, boy? <laughs> or are you just fixing to um, shoot them up in the air? <laughs> Never did. We always shooting them at each other. But um, and, and then the things that does anybody else have a childhood where you just kind of, you knew that there was a God because somebody was still living after the day? Because like, wow, how did we make it through that? You know, <laughs> it's um, like, yep, yep. He has definitely got his hand on my brother because it, it's just um, so I'm not talking about necessarily that type of safe home. You know, that is a safe home, you know, to to make sure that there's the, the things that can physically harm us. But I'm also wanting to speak on what God talks about, a safe home and being in a place of, of peace, be still, a place where you can hear the voice of God. And, 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 and even when the, 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 the turbulence comes and the storms come, you know that there's um, an anchor there, right? And, and I don't know about y'all, I've, I've had, you know, times in my life where my home felt, growing up felt really safe. And there's a time when it didn't feel quite as safe. And, and my parents were beautiful people that did the best that they could. And I love them and I adore them and I honor them now because of the work that they did to raise two boys. And, and you know, and, and in our marriages and in, in our friends and our relationships and stuff. But, you know, I said, wow, last week we spoke about. Um, the church being a safe place. And we were speaking to the believers that, that the, the anchor for a safe church has to be in honesty, right? We've got to get to a place where we feel safe enough to be honest with one another. But that's so scary. We talked about that a little bit throughout this week, even out of that message. It's really hard to come and to speak to another friend or a brother about something that you're struggling with because everything in your mind is just shouting at you. You can't talk about that. You can't say that. Man, they're not going to even trust you or, man, it's going to damage the friendship if you say that. And 99% of the times, those are lies from the devil, 
And because he would love for us to keep our sin in the church under the blankets and keep it where he can continue to, to grow it and to let the, the, the darkness just multiply. But we understand, but through confessing our sins to one another, that we find strength in the Lord and, and the enemy has to lose his grip on that. And that transitions into a safe home. What makes a safe home? Now, before I start speaking, there's going to be many things that I preach on today out of his word that I'm still growing and working on, that Barbara is still growing and working on, that we're still being taught by the Spirit to grow in that. It's a sanctification. It's a process. But, but it doesn't mean that we can say, wow, we ain't there, so we might as well just leave that over to the side. No, God did not call us to get comfortable in our walk with him. He says that there should be change constantly. So as I'm speaking, just know that I'm also, I say this quite a lot, I'm speaking to myself as well. I want to grow deeper in the Lord. I want my home to be a picture of God's love, not only for my family, but for our community that we live in. So we talked about the safe environment had to be built on honesty. We grow in our honesty as we grow in our church. We grow in our honesty with God and with one another as we are growing in the union of the body of the church. That's why church is so vital and so important. It's not a building. It's not these chairs it's not about all the things and the stuff that we're doing. A church is actually a place where you would be there, the kids would be there, but we would be loving each other and we would be putting our eyes upon our Father in heaven and we would be talking and learning and growing in the depths of his love for us so that we could show that love to a lost and dying world. The church is a place where God is the head and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us to make us this temple not us, but God, so that people see him in us. So next, in order to experience the full environment of a safe home, I came up with one of those sermons where you have all the letters. Are y'all ready for that? I don't generally preach on the letter stuff. but but we And I added a C to it as God spoke to me through the week. And I'm like, so we're going to talk about following the four C's. So let me give them to you, and then we'll jump right into it. So the first one is commitment. Just remember, you can jot these down or you can get with me later and I'll text you the message. It doesn't matter to me. I'll send you everything I got. But the first C is commitment. The second one is consistency. Consistency. The third C is caring. And the fourth C that God put on my heart is communication. So let's talk about those four things and we'll go to scripture and see how scripture backs up this stuff. So commitment, consistency, caring and communication. Let's start off with commitment. So what is the first thing that we have to be committed to as followers of Christ in order to experience a safe home? We have to be committed to God and his word. To God and his word. His word is what teaches us and gives us this anchor, this instruction. In the book of Acts, my favorite book of the Bible. I love the book of Acts. All of them are my favorite, but today the book of Acts is. Acts 2.42, it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. 
Isn't it cool how these new believers were, were coming together and they were committed. What were they committed to? That, that, that they were committed to the teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of the meals and to prayer. That means that they had nothing that they called theirs by themselves. We are here as a family and we're going to have safe homes. Psalms 37, 5, it says, Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him and He will help you. You know, we spoke a little bit last week about our inability to trust. So in order for us to experience the depth of God's love for us, we have to be willing to surrender ourselves to God. To experience his love, we've got to be willing to let him drive and to lead us and to guide us. But that only comes through trust. Secondly, in commitment, is that if we are married, we are to be committed to our spouse through all seasons of life. There are many different seasons in the context of our home, especially with husband and wife. There are going to be tough times. There's going to be fun times. There's going to be joyful times. There are going to be times when you just don't know what you're doing. And that's sometimes a lot of the time. But we do know that God sent his word. He sent his spirit to guide and direct us and to lead us. But we are be, to be committed to our spouse through all seasons of life. So what makes us not want to commit to our spouse? And I would have to go back to say it's probably the lack of trust. If I commit myself over to you, Barbara, and let you know everything that's going on inside of my heart, you might wake up tomorrow and not love me. And you have to understand, and I have to understand, and Barbara has to understand, that only through God can Barbara love me. Okay, all you... People in their 20s and above, how many times looking back have you tried to get off of the right path? You know, you'll be walking and you go to the right, you go to the left, man, the next good thing's over there, and the next thing you know, you done wandered over here. We're sheep, we're wanderers. But God's word, it goes back to God's word, God's word and the Holy Spirit and the prayer continually draws us back onto the right path. You may have children that you have prayed over and poured into, and they look like they don't even know what a path is. They're out there rock climbing and doing stuff where you don't know if you're going to get calls in the middle of the night. And, and I'm telling you right now, but God is truthful in his word. There might be a time where that word just stops them from going off the deep end. He's a mighty God, I'm telling you right now. Amen. Don't ever give up on anybody. You just keep praying. You let them go, but you can pray. We're to be committed to God's purpose for our lives. God's purpose for our lives. Your job, your service opportunity. Notice that I said something. I didn't say that we are to be committed to our purpose for our lives, our desires for our lives. We are to be committed to God's purpose for our lives. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessings if we don't give up. Everybody in this room right now 
whether you are a Christian or not, when you were created in your mother's womb, you were also assigned a purpose from God. Now here's the caveat. It is up to us being adopted into God's kingdom by the blood of Jesus Christ to embrace God's will for our lives. And that's where the battle starts because there's an enemy that wants to distract us to pull us away either with great things or burdens or hurts. I don't know what it is. Everybody's wired differently. But that enemy does not want God's purpose for him through you to be established. See, it's not about us. It's not about each. We, we live in a thing where the word I is just, oh, man, I just ain't happy. I ain't just, didn't call you to be happy. He said he'd give you peace. So, so we have to understand that God has a purpose for us. And, and our safe homes lets us start to realize and establish and practice at the purpose that God has given us. And we're going to make many, many failures. We're going to fall many, many times. But isn't that how you learn? If we got it perfect every time and we just ran through life and like, oh, the, the learning. I, was talking to, I told you I was talking to those Clemson football guys over at the gym one day. And I asked them, I said, what are some of these high-powered coaches telling y'all that's giving you so much encouragement? And y'all are speaking with a lot of wisdom and these both were Clemson guys, so they were really smart because I'm just kidding. I'm sorry, Lord. Please, I said nothing to come out of my mouth that wasn't from you. But one of those guys said, one of those guys looked over at me. He said, well, you can't take the elevator to the top. He said, our coaches at Clemson always told us that our character is going to be built on the climb. On the mountain, when you're coming out of the valley, you don't get character standing at the top of the mountain. You don't get character when you're camped out in the valley. It's between this point and that point where all the character that God wants you to have is built. And that's the journey. So don't get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We are to be committed to the community that God has called us to live in. And that's just who you live, work, and play with. All the people around you, you're to be committed to love them, to serve them, to share with them. To be the change in your neighborhood that you want to see. See, all of these steps are strengthened by being committed to a healthy local church body. This is where we begin to grow spiritually, mentally, and physically. The second C is consistency. Consistency. Safe homes need to be built on consistency. We should work towards being consistent in healthy habits and more inconsistent in unhealthy ones. It's easy for me to get consistent in watching stuff that I don't need to be watching. It's just a lot easier. But I confess to y'all that I need to make sure that my ears and my eyes are glorifying God about what I'm putting in them. Be more inconsistent in that and be more consistent in reading his word and praying and holding my wife's hands and being still. We're to be consistent in reading the word of God and growing in a deeper relationship with our heavenly father. Second Timothy 316. 
It says all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true to make us to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Man said on this stage one time, he says, why do people not want to read God's word? And then he said, because they are afraid of what it will turn them into. He said, because sin is fun. And if you read God's word and be still and pray over it and meditate in it, you will change. We're to be consistent in our prayer life and in seeking God's will for our life and the life of our home. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belongs to Christ Jesus. We are to be consistent in the, the way we are providing for our family, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. A safe home is a home where the wife, men, I'm speaking to you for a second. A safe home is a place where the wife knows that they're not going to get cussed out or going to get their eyes rolled at or belittled or put down for making the wrong move. Safe home is a place where the kids can go to sleep on their pillows and not have to hear the parents raising hell in the living room. We're providing for our family spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We have to be consistent in that. That doesn't mean that we can get it right on Sundays after service, but Mondays... During the football game, we're mad and upset because our wives want us to spend time with them versus watching some game. That goes for Clemson, too. So we're to be consistent in teaching others to follow follow God's ways. I love this part. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, You've heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now... Teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be um, able to pass them on to others. Find someone to teach. Pray for God to identify teachable people to come your way. Ask God. Say, God, put someone in my life who's willing to learn and grow in your word. And they're not going to get mad and argue it every time that I was to speak life over to them through your word. You know, there's people out there that truly want to learn and grow in God's word. But you have to ask God to send those individuals to you. Because one of the most frustrating things you can do is to get in life with somebody on this world who's not really willing to get well. They will make up every excuse not to read God's word. They will make up every excuse not to submit to the Holy Spirit. They will make up every excuse of why their life's been messed up. And you will spend the next two to three years just beating your head up against a wall because someone doesn't want to submit to the Holy Spirit. I'm that person sometimes. And I don't blame my mentor when he don't pour into me. He's just sitting back waiting on me to make the next step. He says, when you become teachable, I'll start teaching Fair enough, amen? Check yourselves. Are you teachable? The next C is a loving word because that was a hard section. Caring. Caring. 
We care for our families and our neighbors out of a transformed heart. See, because if I try to care out of my strength and my abilities, and one day you're going to get me where you think I'm, I'm some saint that's just loving you and just pouring into you. The next day you're going to see a, a yucky person. And that's confusing. That's not consistent. That doesn't take much commitment. So, so when we're caring for our wives and our husbands and our children and our home and our neighbors out of a transformed heart, it's God's love. That, it's that agape love that's coming through us. It's a love that we can't make, make up ourselves. It's, it's that agape type love that's self-sacrifice and self-surrendering. It's cutting the neighbor's grass without asking for any money or even being asked to cut it. It's about taking cookies over to your neighbors and just throwing up your hand to someone that's been on your nerves in your neighborhood that won't ever cut their grass. That's me. I don't ever cut my grass. <laughs> cut everywhere else. It's laughing. It's loving. It's taking the time to hear someone when they're needing a shoulder to cry on. It's caring. John 15, 12, and 13, it says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. What powerful words out of the mouth of our Savior. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Oh, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture that we can lay down our lives for one another. We show we care by learning from each other. That's the next one. Philippians 4 9 says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you've heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Are we learning from one another? I know it's really easy for me, me and the guys over at the gym were talking about this the other day, it's really easy for us to kind of to fall out of the characteristics of Christ when we're in the heat of the moment. Because we want to win so bad. And I think God's really been testing me here lately for the last couple of weeks because I can't play racquetball anymore worth a darn. Everybody beats me. And, and I'm like, God's like, yeah, I'm just checking you out. When are you going to blow up? And I just walk out there like, yeah, I just got my tail handed to me again. It was fun. I love you. You're so great. You're even taller than me. You got blue eyes too. That's great. So, yeah, that's good. So, so we have to make sure that, that we're learning from one another, not just from our voices, but from our actions and how we're demonstrating the characteristics of Jesus Christ when we're not winning, when we're not succeeding, when the money's not there, or when the health diagnosis is not what we wanted to hear. Are we, are we demonstrating those times when it's not going our way? We love being the teacher when everything's just falling into place and, and, boy, everything's just going good. But, boy, what happens when you don't understand? When you're having to change your schedule? Communication. This is where the rubber hits the road. No matter how advanced we are in any of the above skills, commitment, consistency, and caring, Without learning to communicate with each other, we'll be a home that just doesn't feel safe. We need to become astute in communicating with God through the Holy Spirit. 
Become sensitive to the Spirit's hand moving in your life. You got to get quiet and be still to, to start learning that gift. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. See, we need to become a student of learning our family's nonverbal gestures as well as their verbal ones. Majority of communication is spoken through hand gestures, eye movement, body language, and just a small portion is verbal. Man, we got to get this. You want to eat good? You listen. If you want a bunch of TV dinners, go ahead and go on about your way. Because I'm telling you right now, women have been gifted to pick up on gestures. And they are watching to see if we truly do want to turn the television off and spend time with them. Not going to say anything if you don't. And I might be wrong to say this, Barbara. And it ain't about me and you, but it's just my learning. Women have a file cabinet. And it gets filed in. I'll bring it back up when I need it. Because <laughs> you done forgot about it. And then the whole merry-go-round happens again of the eye gesture, struggles, and kicking the bra. Best thing to do is learn how to read body language. Be sensitive to the Spirit of God, and it will give you the sensitivity to relate with your family, your children, your spouse. And pain does not have to come in to come we become better communicators by becoming better listeners oh y'all pray over your pastor I submit to the spirit right now is there anybody else in here guilty of trying to fix something before the person's finished telling them what's happening all the men raised their hands. Women's like, mm-hmm. And that's that eye, that's that, that's that gesture, right? Mm-hmm. I told you. But we have to listen. And then when we think that our friend or our child or our spouse is finished speaking, it might be a good time to say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more. I know there's probably even more to it. You want to kind of search out and see if there's something else you want to talk about? Hmm. It's 2 4 it says, Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. See, that's why I can't listen well. Because if you're not telling me anything that benefits me, I have a good chance that my brain will go dead on you. I'm just being real. Y'all can get real with me and get healed too. I'm just telling you. A lot of times we sit there and it's like, well, does that benefit this, 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 and this? Or am I going to get to do this? And if it doesn't, chance for my brain to go dead. And I'm going, mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm even trying, I've got it down where I'm still shaking my head sometimes. So y'all got to kick me and say, Paul, are you really hearing what I got to say? See, we have to not only look out for our own interests, but Jesus teaches, the Word of God teaches to take an interest in others too. And that's what we're to do as a church 
if we learn that, that practice here in the context of the church and have a safe church, it will drip over into our home and we will have a safe home. But if you go out and you just try to practice without the word of God and without the consistency of prayer and reading his word and out the commitment of, to one another, it'll just be a fading thought. And we communicate out of the fruit of the spirit. And this is really where it just hit home with me. That when we're communicating, listen to how God says that we're to communicate. We're to communicate with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You put those on your mirror. You bring those out whenever you're going to have a conversation with your husband or your wife or your children. And you read through that before you have that conversation. I promise you the conversation will look different. No matter how good you think you're fixing to have that conversation. If you use those fruits of the spirit that God has given you by a transformed heart, things will look different. The four C's, commitment, consistency, caring, and communication. As we learned last week, all positive growth has to be anchored in honesty. We have to be honest with where we're at with one another. Amen? We have to get to a place where we're okay with self-evaluation. We're working on it as a staff right now where myself and every other staff member included has got to do an evaluation of themselves. Those are harder evaluations to do than if someone else is evaluating you. That make you kick yourself around. But we got to get to a place where we're okay with self-evaluation. Amen. Think about that a little bit. Don't just leave here today without taking another step. No matter where you're at, you might, you might have it all together. That's a scary point if you leave here thinking you do. But just think about, God, how can I be even more like you today? How can the Spirit have its way with me even more? And then how can I use what you have placed inside of me to bring glory to you in my home and where I work and where I live and where I play? Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your heart. We thank you for your Spirit that just directs us and draws us and empowers us. Oh, Lord. We just ask you to forgive us where we rebel. We run and we turn from you, Lord. Thank you, God, for being patient with us, Lord. May we be empowered and submit to you so that the fruit of the Spirit would grow in us even more. That we can be a home united together in family that would seek you with all of our hearts to talk to you about our children, for husband and wife to love one another in all seasons, to love our neighbors even when they're unlovable, and to be able to let you get all the glory, Father. We love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.